How many of you guys are ready for 2020? Yeah. 2020. I think it's such a gift, you know, such a gift to be able to have every year God says, okay, I'm giving you a new beginning. I just love the way God organized it. Right after Christmas and right after the, all the celebrations of the year, God said, okay, I'm giving you a new start. And it's very hard to resist because most of us, you know, we're, we catch that extra breath. We get back to the health club or, you know, we, we say, I'm going to try to drink more water. Or we always have some, you know, because you feel it, you know, it has an impact on you because you, you, um, you know, you kind of enter into it because it's, it's a gift from God. And you don't want to miss that moment. You know, you want to work with God. In 2020, what could be a better year? I mean, there would, God, when he made years, he decided to name one of them 2020, knowing that that was the year of not just vision, but the year of perfect vision. Anybody have 2020? Got some 2020? I mean, not spiritually, like natural 2020. <laughs> I used to. I don't think I have it now. 2020 means not just vision, but perfect vision. And, I, and we have to understand that the way God made us, he made us in his image, and so we, we were born to have burn a certain kind of fuel, and that fuel is vision. And for some people, it, it, it seems difficult because life um, reduces us to survival sometimes, doesn't it? I mean, it just reduces us to say, well, what do I have to do? I've got so much to do. My house is dirty. My car's broke. I've got to try to make some money. I've got to pay off some debts. And, you know, because there's so much coming at us in America, so many opportunities it can just be like uh, vision. It, it just gets washed by the way. You know, I was reading this week that sheep, you know, sheep is one of the uh, terms that God uses for his people, sheep. Jesus is the great shepherd and, you know, the great Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. You know, he describes us as sheep and uh, because sheep are, are really dumb. <laughs> They're, they're one of the dumbest animals ever. They'll just follow just about anybody. They're, they're just really vulnerable. They don't really have a defense. They have to be watched over until the day they die. And there's a lot of interesting things about sheep. But one of the things that I find most interesting, I was reading this week, just kind of stood out to me, but a sheep, uh, a sheep spend most of his time looking down. He's mostly looking at the ground and eating. That's what a sheep does. That's why they tend to wander off and get lost. The lost sheep, they get lost because they just get so into what they're doing, so into taking care of their needs, so into what's going on in their life, so in, into, uh, you know, the dirt that they, they forget everything else that's important and they just tend to just drift off. And without a shepherd, they would never lift their head up. When the shepherd calls them by their name, they, they lift their head up like what? Because they tend to get preoccupied with survival. Is that true about people? Isn't it true that, look, look, one day soon, it might be 10 years, it might be 20 years, but one day very soon, we're all going to stand in eternity, every one of us. Someone say, well, the end, is the end of the world coming? I don't know, but the end of your world's coming. That's sure. The end of your world is coming sooner than you think. Because, you know, I was 15 years old yesterday standing with the Barber Brothers. And, uh, and, and here I am, you know, 25. <laughs> it just seemed like yesterday. That 10 years went right by. But, um, you know, it, it, because eternity is so important, we can, um, and it's, we think of it as like uh, light years away, 
we have this kind of bulletproof, I just need to survive kind of mentality. And we, we tend to look down instead of looking up. So we have to wake up our spiritual life if we're ever going to start looking up and seeing that you were born with a great purpose. You were born at this place in Louisiana. You were born at this time in history. You, have the, you look the way you look. You have the genetics and the DNA and the opportunity that you have. You have that because you were born with a special purpose that only you can do. Now, you know, someone else may have to do it for you. I'm not saying that, that God's depending on you because if you don't want to be used, God will find someone else to use. And someone else will, you know, take your place. But God had a, has a purpose specifically for you in his scheme. And if you don't take a time like the beginning of 2020 and say, I need to look up. I need to have the context of my life. doesn't need to be looking down like a sheep wandering off, thinking about getting, you know, paying the bills. And what do I feel like? What do I want? But we, but, but we have to have a moment where we step into a dream, a vision. And Jesus came and he lived a dream. He lived a dream. So when we think about 2020, there are a lot of dreams out there. There are a lot of visions out there. Somebody had a vision to build a car. Someone had a vision to build a computer. And, that, and we call those things visions. And we mean, you know, purpose or, you know, impulse or creativity. There's a lot of, so it, visions take it on a lot of names. But there is a perfect vision. 2020 is perfect vision. There's a perfect vision, and only the only perfect vision only comes from the perfect one who made you perfect for your purpose. So you, you, you don't get to make that vision up. You get to receive that vision. It has nothing to do with how you feel or what you want or what you like or what color your skin is or how old you are. It has to do with you, like Diane said, you decreasing and him increasing. So it's important. This is an important time of year that we don't just think about losing some weight or, you know, cleaning up the house or some things that are, those things are good, but maybe some better things to say, you know what, I'm going to make my life count. When I step into eternity, I'm going to say I made every day count for Jesus. My life counted. I made the impact. I did the thing that God called me to do with my life. Are you with me? Now, I want to talk to you about vision, but I, I, this, this actual story is something that uh, is in every single one of the Gospels. And then it's, it's, it's kind of repeated. Jesus feeds the 5,000, then he feeds the 4,000. So this is a story that Jesus reemphasizes them, and he, it's, a, it's like an illustrated sermon that he does with his disciples. So that it's burned in their brain that, that you are not limited by your resources or your opportunities or your circumstances, that if you connect with God, you're going to do great things. You're going to be a part of something incredible if you connect with Jesus. So Jesus gives them a picture of what the vision is. And so I'm going to read you that, but I want you to see it this time, not as a Bible story, but as a, uh, as a picture of how God wants to use your life, okay? John 6, verse 4, now the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was near, then Jesus lifted up his eyes. Just underline that. Say, lifted up his eyes. All right, now, now, whenever you see in the Bible this term, he lifted up his eyes, where the Bible says, God told Abraham, lift up your eyes, look at the stars. Every time you hear God asking people to lift up, it's like talking to a sheep. Stop looking at your survival and look at where you're going here. Look at, look, soon you'll be in eternity and all you'll get to bring with you is what you did for God. 
None of this will matter. Houses, cars, girlfriends, boyfriends, none of it's going to matter. And that moment, only thing that will matter was, doggone it, I should have focused on what God had for me. I should have focused on my eternity. Are you with me? And it's not easy to do because it's easy to just look at that grass. So Jesus lifted up his eyes. In the book of Matthew, it says, and he saw a multitude and had compassion. This one says, and seeing a great multitude coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread that these may eat? But this he said to test them, for he knew himself what he would do. God knows what he's about to do. He's looking to get some partners in his dream. God knows. He, he's about to ask you to do something you don't think you can do. He's about to ask you to do something that's way above your pay grade. He's about to ask you to do the impossible. He's about to ask you to do the miraculous. So he starts off saying, hey, how can we do this? And, and his disciples saying, like, <laughs> we can't do it. How can we reach such a multitude? How can we feed such a multitude? 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them that everyone might have a little piece. In other words, we can empty the bank and we'd just be able to give everybody just a bite. We can't feed them. It can't be done. It's impossible. One version, the disciples said, send them away. Let them go buy some stuff for themselves. Jesus said, no, you give them something to eat. Now, I want you to understand because people don't like to come into vision. They like to come into logic. They live in logic. They live in reasoning. They live small lives with small dreams and small visions. They're like sheep looking at the ground. This is the, the nature of human beings. You, God is saying, no, 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 no. I'm going to teach you how to get out of looking at the ground and start looking at a dream. Bigger than money, bigger than success, bigger than ambition, bigger than all the things that this world says is awesome. But I'm going to about to include you in my vision. And, and it's not something that's hard to do. You just got to understand how to do it. In other words, like Diane said, I love that scripture. That, that she was quoting that scripture where uh, Mary said, uh, according to your will, be it unto me, where she says, I'm willing. You know, Mary, when she, the, the angel said, uh, you're going to have a baby, Mary said, I'm willing. Coming into God's vision begins with you giving up your arguments that we don't have enough money, we don't have enough time, we don't have enough resources, I'm too white, I'm too black, I'm too old, too fat, too skinny, too dumb, too smart. You got to get rid of all the reasons God's about to bring you into vision. He knows what he's about to do, and he's got to get a partner in you. Now, I just think it's awesome that God wants to be his partner. Don't you? And so he, he says, hey, how are we going to do it? And he's like, can't do it. He said, okay. Another guy said, hey, let's send him away. He said, no, no, you give him something to eat. Now, God is about to say, I'm going to make you responsible for something that I know you can't do. That's where 2020 vision starts with God bringing you in and saying, we're about to do something. I'm going to show you that you can be more, do more, have more, impact more than you ever thought you could. One of the disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, there's a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish. But what are they among so many? I mean, so here, when God gives us his vision... We start looking for provision. But here's the, the secret is you first have to enter into vision. And when you enter into vision, provision comes. Not only do these guys not have something, they got to take, take what this poor little boy has. They, they're busted and they're like, I don't have anything, but we got a guy here. We could take his stuff. We could take his lunch. And some, look, they're saying, listen, it's, it, we don't have much. 
we just have some influence to ask this little guy for his lunch. And Jesus is, there, there's, he doesn't say it, but there's this uh, knowing that Jesus said, bring it here to me. Let's just keep reading. Jesus said, make the people sit down. This is, a, this is, this, make the pe- this is organizing. Now, here's something we can do. We can organize. We're like, okay, thank God. They, they didn't know anything about fish, anything about bread. But you said organize. Like, okay, we, y'all sit over here. Y'all sit over here. Like, he, they started organizing their life around the vision. They started organizing. They started doing the thing that they could do. So that the men that sat down were about 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to his disciples. One version said he broke it, he blessed it, and he gave it to his disciples. So he took the little that they had. He took the the insufficient that they had, and he said, watch what I can do with it. I'm going to break it, I'm going to bless it, and I'm going to use you to start handing it out. Now, some people, you know, they say, well, I know how to feed a multitude. Just organize the people and start breaking bread. No, no. God's vision's a miracle. I mean, God's vision's way above your pay grade. God's vision's way bigger than something that you can do. You gotta jump up into faith. You gotta get out of looking at the ground and you gotta get out of logic. You gotta get out of reasoning. You gotta say, wait a second, God is asking me to do the impossible, and you gotta start walking on that kind of water. He says, I'm calling you out into that. So, he distributed them to his disciples, and the disciples those, those gave it to those that were sitting down, and likewise the fish, as much as they wanted. So when they were filled, he said to his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing is lost. Now, I want you to understand, this is like Jesus said, that's it. There's the vision right there. There's, there's the vision. And you're like, I don't get it. It's a picture. It's a picture where we take on a great responsibility that we know we can't do, Then we bring the little bit that we have. God blesses it, breaks it. He gives it back to us. We give it out, and boom, a miracle happens. And at the end of the day, we have a big old basket, 12 baskets, as a matter of fact. We say, how did that happen? Jesus said, that's how it works. This is 2020 vision. Begin to believe that you can do something you can't do. Now, Jesus never made a single disciple outside of the context of a great out-of-the-box mission. Do you know that? Show me one disciple that Jesus made that was a classroom disciple. Any of them? No. Jesus said, come and follow me. Let's get it done. He said, I want to teach you guys to do this supernatural. I want you to walk with me in a great vision. He didn't say, I want you all to come to church and go to class with me, and I'm going to teach you all some things, and you all go out. He said, no, no, let's go do it. Jesus understood that the best way to teach people how to be a disciple was have them follow him in a great vision. Jesus never made a single disciple that didn't say, I'm into this thing, let's do it. You got to get into the thing. You got to get completely out of the box. You got to get out of the limitations. You got to get out of the I can't. You got to get out of I don't feel like it. And you got to say, let's do something crazy for God. Now you're about to be a disciple. Remember Jesus said, if any man be my disciple, he must deny himself, pick up his cross. If any man, these are not superhero Christians, if you want to be a disciple of Jesus, you've got to forget about your thing, pick up his thing, and follow. 
He said, Jesus only made disciples in the context of, let's do this. He never made a religious disciples. Only Pharisees did that. He said, we have a mission. We have a goal. Let's go out and do this thing. They're like, I don't know if we can do it. Yes, we can. Let's do it. I know it's bigger than you can imagine. I know you feel like you can't do it, but you can do it. I'm with you, and I believe that we will win. So every time you read the Bible, especially the Gospels, you're reading the story of a mission. And when you read into the book of Acts, you're, you're, you're reading the story of a great mission. The church was always a great mission out of the box doing something great. You know what, Acts 20, 20, it says, I did everything and, I, and we ministered in the temple and from house to house. Acts 20, 20. Jesus said, hey, we just, actually Paul is saying, I just did everything and I was with you and we were always going for it in the houses and in the temples. Now, in, in, uh, in this uh, 2020, this is January, right? January 5th, okay. January 5th, in February, we're going to call it Harvest Out of the Box. Everybody say, Harvest Out of the Box. Look, everybody say, we got to get out of the box. See, this building right here is a box. How many of you know the church is not a building? Say it with me. Say, church is not a building. Say, church is not a building. Church is not a building. Church is not a service. I went to church. You don't go to church. You are a church. Church is you. You are the church. I heard Bray said a few weeks away, we don't need a building. I was, um, I was uh, praying before I returned here two years ago. I was at the beach because we had a congregation in Baton Rouge that we just launched, and we didn't have a building for them yet, so I was trying to find a building for them, but I came here to try to settle some business issues uh, with the church and the property, and so I came back here uh, to do that, and uh, when I did, uh, of course, it got more and more complicated. I ended up, I'm back here. <laughs> I, I was, uh, everyone would go to New Orleans, and boom, before I knew it, I got one foot in Baton Rouge and one foot in Hammond. And so I, I was happy to do whatever God wants me to do, of course, but I was like, how do we do this? I, I don't have a building there. And, uh, you know, I was, I, so I went to pray, you know, which is my habit, you know, help. So I went to pray and, uh, and I saw God and I was on the beach praying and we had a, a leadership meeting. Some of you guys remember, had a leadership retreat and we had the leaders from Baton Rouge and the leaders from him and all in that leadership meeting. And uh, uh, so I was preparing for that meeting because they were like, what do we do? Y'all were there. You were there. What do we do? You know, how do we do it? What do we do? And so when I went up just before I left the beach, I was praying. I was walking and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, Bray, you know, you don't need a building. And I was like, yeah, what? He said, no, you don't need a building. I was like, I never even, it never dawned on me because church is always buildings to me. You know, going to the church, our church, there's our church. I used to go to that church. I never thought of it as, as that, but I, but I went to that. I had to stop my car, get a notebook, and I began to write down notes as the Holy Spirit showed me. He said, look, you can do it without a building. Now, I thank God for our building. This is, you know, we've been battling for our property for, I have been, for 10 years, the last 10 years. And we're still in that, um, you know, conflict in a way, in that challenge. Because we, we, you know, this is, a, this is a spiritual battle. Some of, you, some of you have not been in Hammond a long time. But if you've been in Hammond a long time, you might remember my pastor, Louis LaMonica. And uh, he's just a, the most wonderful man, he and his family. And um, at the end of the day, 
a war came against he and his family like you cannot imagine. It was the worst thing ever. You'd have thought, you know, it, it, you'd have thought it, it made news. It made national news. It was, it was, it was just a horrible thing. As a matter of fact, his oldest son is in prison right now. I mean, it was the worst thing. And uh, then, I, then my pastor was raised up. His name was, uh, I won't say his name, but, but I'll call him Brother Glenn. And he was raised up, and uh, that's how I got into the ministry. And so we, we took the church over there, and we took it to the next level. It was huge and had a great youth group. Some of you guys were in that youth group, and uh, that was wonderful. Then we started the church in, in here in 1988, right about the time that whole Jimmy Swagger, you know, PTL, all that blew up. We started a church right in the middle of that. And so we started just trying to, I'd done that building project, so I said, man, let's keep it super simple. So we basically had a, a warehouse. We actually had a school with shower curtains for doors. Some of you remember that. But we just had vision. I thought, let's not get distracted. And in, in our first summer, we knocked on every door and told every person in Hammond that Jesus loves them, gave everybody, we called it Mission Possible. We knocked on every single door. And I was determined not to become a church that was locked up in all of the stuff, you know, schools and buildings and properties and bills and this and that. I just didn't want to do that. I didn't want to be a pastor. So God asked me to do it. So I said, okay, I'll do it for a couple of years, but I want to go sing or something. I want to do something cool. I'm not a pastor in Hammond. <laughs> and so church went so well, I couldn't get out. I, five years later, I said, Lord, the church is great. Could you send a real pastor? Because I don't know what I'm doing. That's a fact. I prayed. My only prayer was, can I get out? Because I thought about quitting every day. Church was going great. I just wanted out. All the, other, all the other pastors were like, I wish I had a church like that. I was like, I want out. You want it? Just because I just didn't feel like, you know, I was born to do it. You know? And I asked God, I said, will you send somebody? And, and uh, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, Bray, where do you think I get good guys at to come and take your church? I was like... Lord, I gave you five years. I promised you. I did my deal. I did my five years. I'm out. He said, hey, wait, where, where can I get somebody? And he, I said, I don't know. He said, I make myself. At that moment, I said, okay, Lord, if this is what you want for my life, then, then you would have to help me and make me, uh, you know, something. So that was, I guess that was, I don't know, 20-something years ago. That, and, and so we've been in that. And, of course, everybody kind of knows the story. And I don't like to even talk about the past. But, you know, my, my pastor, Brother Glenn, he went through terrible things. I won't even mention it. And there, this, there is a spiritual force in the city that if you do something for God, a war comes against you, and it's an unstoppable war. And the, the, I remember when I was here, of course, and we were in the big build and all that stuff, I remember at the peak of, you know, we had this building was just filled with teenagers uh, at the time. This was our children's church room, as a matter of fact. Matter of fact, I couldn't fit all my leaders into this room, all the cell leaders. We had 800 cell leaders at the time. So I, I got a message from my secretary. She said, someone left this message. And we didn't have um, communication like we have now. But it was a, like a demonic thing. It, it, and they identified themselves as, I forget what they called it, something like the intelligentsia from Hammond. And this, this, this voice said, uh, you say that you're going to take this city for God, but I'm telling you right now, we've decided we're running you out of town. And I was like, and it was like period. So we called the police. And, uh, but 
I remember that distinctly because I thought we had won this battle. We had prayer 24-7. We had prayer. God was moving. It was awesome. And, uh, you know, since then, I've, I've tried to leave uh, three or four times, start a church in Baton Rouge. <laughs> Every time I'm back here. And I'm happy because I love the people. I love this city. This is my home. I'm happy. And I thought I was just coming back here to just set things in order and then move on with the church in Baton Rouge and all that. But, of course, once again, it super gets super complicated. And you just have to say, okay, this is going to, this is going to, there's, you know, you, I don't know if you've ever um, been around a bad dog, but a bad dog, if you turn your back on him, that's a bad thing because, because he sees it. In other words, you, you can't try to run away from him because that's when you're really in trouble because he's going to get you then. You, you're in a standoff with him, and that's how I felt about this circumstance, and, and I, don't want, I really want to get to talking about vision, but I want, to, I want you to understand that you know, this was a, this is a moment where we have to decide, I mean, this is a great church. And um, I've been, some of you know, if you've been with me for a long time, I've been fighting for 10 years just to recover our property from the things that, just the war that broke out against us. And then, you know, thank God it wasn't immorality or <laughs> some crazy thing, but it was just war, you know, it was a lot of terrible things. And, but, but, you know, uh, you know, when I came back this time, I just thought, man, I just really love these people. I really believe that God wants to do something great. And I, um, when the Lord spoke to me and I had that meeting, we didn't, have a, we didn't have a building in Baton Rouge. So we said, well, let's do church without a building in Baton Rouge. And then we'll just continue to do Hammond in, in, the, in the regular way. So I thought, well, okay. But I was really burning up with that vision. So I, everybody say, out of the box. I don't genuinely, I'm sitting here talking to you right now, I don't really know. I wish I did know because the, the way this thing has gone, I have, I've constantly said, I think it's over and it's never over. <laughs> you know, every time I think I have a breakthrough and I'm having a sell, that's why I don't tell you anything about it because <laughs> I've had about 50 breakthroughs that never work out. And so I don't want to bring you into, into it. You know, we just want to serve God to keep moving. So... Uh, I don't, uh, genuinely, I don't really know how it all ends up. You know, I, I don't know if I want to be in a lawsuit. I don't want to, I don't like Christians in lawsuits, do you? I don't like that whole thing. I, and a matter of fact, I don't want to be tied up for another 10 years of my life trying to fight over property. I'm not sure if I want to do that, but this is your house. You put millions, the church put millions of dollars here. And I'm not just going to just say, you know, who cares? I feel like it's important for us to, have justice, uh, but at the same time, I don't want us to be distracted. So I don't really know. I really, I, I would tell you everything that I know, but in 2020, I had to make a decision. A am I boring you yet? I don't want, and, and look, I hope you don't think I'm sad or upset. I'm not. I'm excited, but I'm, I want to bring you up to speed a little bit. And uh, in 2020, I had to make a decision. You either are going to hold on to the past or you're going to grab on to the future. You have to make that decision in your own life. Either you're going to hold on to the past and you're going to kind of be stuck in the tar baby of the past or you're going to move on to the future. Well, you have to make a, a quality decision because they feel totally different. Moving on to the future feels much different than fighting the wars of your past. And you got to make a clear decision. We're going to go where God is going. So here's where, here's where we are. 
it, this is the month of January, I have determined this. One way or the other, we're a church. Whether we're in a building or whether we're on the sidewalk, we're a church. Church is not a building. Church is people. Church is a vision. <laughs> All I know is we're going to have the wisdom of God, and God's going to, you know, something awesome is going to happen. I really don't know. I really genuinely don't know. But I know this. What's important is I felt the Holy Spirit this year say, listen, I want you to get out of the box I don't want you to wait for anything. I want you to get into the future. I want you to move into the future. So I thought, you know what? Since we don't, listen, look at somebody say, we don't need a building. Say, so all we need is Jesus. We look, this building that comes and goes, we don't need property. All we need is Jesus. Am I right or wrong? Did Jesus have a building? No. Did any disciples have a building? No. Did Paul have a building? No. Did they spread the gospel to the whole world? Yes. Just because it's American that a church is a building, a church is a group of people with a great vision to do something great for God. Amen. I'm alive. I'm alive to that. And at this point, I'm not going to miss 2020. I'm not waiting for lawyers and people and conversations. I'm not waiting. I'm saying we're moving into vision and we're moving into God's vision right now. I was praying a few months ago, and I was in the middle of all this, you know, whatever, a confusion and all that, and I was praying and praying and praying and prophesying. It was last year this time. I was praying and prophesying, praying and prophesying. I was spending days fasting and praying and prophesying, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, Bray, I don't want to hear you say another prayer about that situation. And I was like, I was so sincere. I was so passionate. I was getting good. You know, if you do something long enough, you get good at it. I was really getting good at that. He said, I want to hear another prayer about that. I want you to tell me. I want to hear you tell me how you're going to grow this church. I want you to tell me how you're going to win souls. I want you to tell me how you're going to make disciples, how you're going to change the world. I want to stop talking about all that, and I want you to start talking about what I called you to do. And that brings us to now. In the month of February, I'll, I'll, we're going to get out. Everybody say, harvest out of the box. Now, I have no idea. Of course, I, I believe that we'll resolve this property deal and it'll all come out great. I do believe that. I'm fine with it. But we need to be in a position to say, either way, we're a church. Are you with me? So everybody say, February, out of the box. I'm going to explain what it's going to mean. But on February, we're going to have church without a building. Now, we might be, you know, we, uh, 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 you say, how are we going to do that? We're going to do it. We're going to do it. We have a plan. <laughs> it is going to be exciting. Look, the worst thing you can do is the same old thing and expect a different result. We're not going to do the same old thing. We're not going to give in. We're not going to give up. We're not going to back down. We're going to conquer for Jesus. This is 2020. It's the year of vision, and we're going to have what God says we can have. I know y'all think about the saints like, oh, this is good, good, but what about the saints? <laughs> I know I busted y'all now. <coughs> now listen to this. I'm going to give you these three things, three realities of vision. Number one, Jesus sees more than you see. They saw problems. They saw circumstances. They saw issues. Jesus saw multitudes. Jesus, say it with me, say, Jesus sees more than you see. So it's important for us not to come up with our own vision, but to line ourselves up with what he sees. 
He not only sees the work, he sees the joy at the end of the work. He sees the victory. He not only sees the aggravation, he sees the victory at the end of the aggravation. So you need to hook up your vision with Jesus' vision. Are you with me? 2020 vision is not based on, uh, excuse me, 2020 vision is based on what he sees, not what you see. Forget about what you see. Ask Jesus lifted his eyes and saw multitudes, and he was moved with compassion on them and said, let's do this. He saw the hurting, struggling multitude uh, that needed to be reached. That's what he saw. If you're not sensitive to the Holy Spirit, all we'll see is a bunch of trouble and a bunch of aggravation. And we'll bail like those disciples wanted to bail. Jesus is calling you to see what he sees in 2020. Number two. Two, second reality is this. Jesus cares more than you care. If you're waiting for your compassion to bring you into the vision, you ain't ever coming into the vision. I'm going to say it again. Jesus cares more than you care. The Matthew version says he was moved with compassion. He was motivated with compassion. You know what compassion means? Write it down. You're going to love this definition. It means this. To hurt to the point of action. To allow yourself to hurt. Human reasoning, like those disciples, displaces compassion. When you think, well, they need to get their own, and they need to do their own thing, and what does it have to do with me? Am I my brother's keeper? All of those things kill compassion. You know how to get compassion? You take responsibility for something. It's not, oh, God will just give me compassion. No, he won't. You don't get compassion by some miracle. You were sitting at church on Sunday, and now you became compassionate. Compassion is a way of thinking that opens up your heart. Compassion is you stop thinking about your survival and look at what someone else needs. Even if you have a little bit and you're struggling and there's all kinds of issues, compassion is allowing yourself to hurt. Compassion is born by the Holy Spirit when you say, I'm going to take responsibility for something that's not my responsibility. I'm going to take responsibility for something that's not. The minute you say, I'm making them my response. These people are my responsibility. Do you have any people like that in your life? Friends and family that if they don't find God, if they don't have Jesus, they're done. Some of you have become hardened in your heart because you say, well, it's up to them. I've tried to tell them. I give up on them. That's not the vision. The vision is I'm going to take responsibility for those people I work with. I'm going to take responsibility. Yes, she's aggravating. Yes, he's a, you know, he's, you know, he's a dirty guy. But I'm going to take responsibility because I'm going to make it hard to go to hell from Hammond. I'm going to make it hard to go to hell if if you're around me because I'm going to start saying these people, they're my responsibility. Jesus said, you give them something to eat. Compassion is born when you say, that's mine. All the young people at the high school, see, either you young people are going to join the carnal masses and watch your generation go straight to hell. Are you going to say, these young people are my young people? This high school is my high school, and I'm not going to let my high school go to hell. See, either you join the, the, the emptiness of it all, 
Or you stand and say, we're going to do something to make a difference. Vision is born when you understand it's not about what you care about. It's about what he cares about. He cares more than you care. Listen, this is great for losing weight or anything else you want to do. The point is, do it, then you'll feel it. Don't wait till you feel it to do it. If you're waiting to feel like going to the hell club, you're not going. Is anybody go to the hell club here? Wave your hand if, you, if I'm telling the truth. You never feel like going to hell club. You ain't going. The way you get into what God called you to do, stop trying to feel it. Do it. And when you start doing it, you'll find that God was there all along. And when you get up and do it, then you'll start feeling it. And you'll find compassion. God says, join me in my vision. And you're going to start feeling it. Don't ask, I don't know if I feel that. I'm not sure I feel that. Jesus never asked any of his disciples, you feel led about any of this. He just said, do it. Come into this vision with me. Compassion. The secret of receiving God's compassion is taking responsibility. I'm closing with this. And you know the saints are going to win today. You know that's going to happen, so don't worry about it. Melody said, I don't know. Three, Jesus can do more than you can do. Now listen, I want to close with this thought. Jesus can do more than what you can do. Don't ask yourself the dumb question of, do I have enough or can I do it? Or how can I do it? I don't feel like doing it. And, and I, I, I'm, not, I'm not that personality. I'm not, I don't, don't, don't process vision in a way that says, what do, what do I feel? What do I want? What can I do? Jesus can do more than you can do. Write this down. If it doesn't scare you, it's not 2020 vision. Jesus said, I'm going to scare these guys. You feed 5,000 people. They're like, duh, can't do it. If it doesn't scare you, it's not 2020 vision. If you can do it, if you can do it, it's not 2020 vision. If it's something you can do and you don't need God, it's not 2020 vision. If you don't need God to show up big, if you don't need a miracle to happen, you don't have 2020 vision. You're going to have the kind of vision that says if God doesn't show up, this whole thing's going to blow up. You're going to have the kind of vision that says, if God got, I'm going to jump out there on the water, and if God doesn't show up, I'm going down. If it re- doesn't require you to pray, if it doesn't require you to fast, if it doesn't require you to, to work, if it doesn't require for you to break, then it's not 2020 vision. This is what Jesus is requiring. If it requires God showing up big, if it brings you to your knees crying out, if it causes you to fast, if it makes you want to pray, then you've got some 2020 vision. If it brings you into holy desperation, God, you've got to move. Never confuse ambition with vision. When personal ambition to succeed comes in, God goes out. This is not about you being a success or you getting more, you gaining more. Vision, 2020 vision is never about your ambition to do something. It has to do with partnering. It has to do with surrender and service and sacrifice. Ambition is the strong human instinct and drive for personal success of one kind or another. Vision is the idea of God revealed to your heart 
for you to do it. Vision is God's idea planted into your heart so that you can do it. And I feel greatly privileged to be included in God's vision. 2020 vision is God's dream revealed in your heart. God wants you to partner. I want to pray for you now. God's not interested in what you don't have and what you can't do. God's just interested like those disciples. Are you willing? Can you believe God to do something great? Can you believe God to do something awesome? Can you believe God? If you take care of God's business, God's going to take care of your business. This year, let's get into partnership with Jesus. Listen to me. This is your moment. This is your time. If not now, when? If not us, who? This is our moment. This is our time. This is our opportunity. And all we have to say today is, yes, Lord. I believe. Yes, Lord. Listen, if you don't mind, stand up with me right now. And we're just going to lift your hands. God has a great vision, a 2020 vision for you in 2020. In 2020, God has a great vision for you. But I just want you with your hands lifted to say, Lord, I'm your disciple. I'm ready to get on your mission. I know I don't have much. But what I have, I'm bringing it to you. Everything I have for your vision. Everything I have for your dream. Lord, I surrender all of my visions and all of my dreams for one great dream, one perfect dream in 2020. You're going to use me to change the world. You're going to use me to change the world. I'm going to step out of the boat. Come on, I'm going to get out of the box. I'm going to renounce my past. I'm going to come out of my grave. And this is the year that you call me to conquer. This is the year that you call me to tread on serpents and on scorpions and on all the power of the enemy. Lord, I join in with what you see. Lord, let your compassion be born in me. Lord, cause my faith to rise up. Lord, if you say it can be done, then it can be done. I surrender myself to your 2020 vision right now. Come on, right now. Listen, it's so simple today. All you have to do is say, Lord, cause me to care again. I was dreaming. I, I, was, I was having a dream. I woke up in the morning, the Holy Spirit, before I woke up, the Holy Spirit said, Bray. My vision is just people start caring for others. This is the dream of God. God is this year going to break you out of your box and all that you don't have. And he's going to bring you into the people that are around you this year. If you don't mind, just grab a hand of something. We're going to agree before we go today. This year, all the people around you, all the people you know, they're about to come to Jesus. 
All the people in your circle, all the people in your family, all the people, even some that are drug addicts and some that are broke down and some that are rebellious and some that are far from God. Right now, this is the year that God's going to use you to change a life. Everyone, I want you to begin to see what Jesus sees. All that discouragement, all the disappointment, all those things that happened in the past, they all stay in 2019 and 2020. You're going to begin to dream that all the people around you you're about to come to Jesus. They're about to have a personal revival. They're about to see the power of God in their lives. Come on, right now. We agree right now in Jesus' name. Come on, say it with me. Say, I believe all the people in my circle of influence this year, revival is coming. I believe all the divine appointments that you're about to set up for me, all of those divine appointments are coming to Christ. I believe signs and wonders, healings, miracles, deliverance, prophecy, all the gifts of the Holy Spirit are going to flow through my life in 2020. I believe the glory of God is coming on my life in 2020. I believe. I, look, come on, let's lift our hands right now. Say, Lord, I receive the anointing and the vision for 2020. I receive your anointing and your vision for 2020. Come on with your hands lifted. Father, in Jesus' name, pour out your Holy Spirit. Let this be a time of destiny. Let this be an appointment with destiny. Let those who belong to you today rise up in power. Let this be the moment they cross the line and they came into the joy of great vision. Let your dreams and your vision begin to burn in their heart. Begin to wake them up in the middle of the night. Begin to cause them to fast. Begin to cause them to pray. Begin to cause them to come alive into your great dream. Lord, we're excited about what you're going to do. We thank you for what you're going to do. And we choose to enter into it today in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, come on, give God a shout, everybody. God bless you. 2020.